What is going on? Welcome to Daily Burst from the Bubble, Volume 3. Really excited to bring Volume 3 to you guys as we feature the Houston Rockets versus Los Angeles Lakers in Game 1 of their series. We're going to feature our lead official, Kane Fitzgerald, as he ends up calling a block and foul against Anthony Davis as he actually slides in to take a charge against the driving James Harden. Um, We're just going to get right to it, but really excited to feature Kane Fitzgerald as well as give you some insights on the game mechanics, the play calling itself, and really give you some action steps on how you can become a better official moving forward. Um, So let's get right into it. This one takes place with 7 minutes, 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Lakers were actually trailing by 17 against the Rockets. Again, we're really going to feature Kane Fitzgerald. He's number five in our video clip, and he's joined by his crew member, Sean Wright, as well as Ben Taylor. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Of course, as we um, start every burst from bubble, we're going to spotlight our lead official, Kane Fitzgerald. So without further ado, let's introduce Kane Fitzgerald. All right, without further ado, let's introduce our featured official, Kane Fitzgerald. He is the lead official in our spotlighted play of volume three burst from the bubble. As we do with every volume, we like to take a look at our featured official, introduce him or her, um, and get into their history, how they got to the NBA, as well as just some fun facts about them. So with Kane, he is entering his 12th season as an NBA official. He's officiated over 630 regular season games, 32 playoff games, as well as one finals game, which was actually his favorite NBA assignment so far was in the 2019 NBA Finals, Warriors-Raptors, as we can all remember, that's a very exciting series to be a part of. Um, Before getting to the NBA, as with every single one of our featured officials so far in our burst from the bubble, Kane was a part of the NBA G League Association, and he was part of the G League for four years, as well as the WNBA for two years. So interesting to see everyone's path to becoming an NBA official. So far, everyone that we featured has been a part of the G League. So, um, of course, even before the WNBA and G League, he spent two years in the Ohio Valley, Atlantic Sun, as well as the Big South Conference. So we can see kind of that ladder um, from collegiate to, to WNBA to G League, and then continuing on to be an NBA official. Um, something super interesting about Kane Fitzgerald that we're looking to reach out to to him about and something we'd like to learn a little bit more but in his bio that we came across online he actually was officiating high school at the high school level at the age of 18 and um, for myself I was 18 years old being a senior in high school so very interesting and very impressive that Kane was actually officiating individuals teams um, as well as players that were his own age typically more often than not, officials are older uh, than the players that they're officiating. So it'd be very interesting to, to get Kane's point of view and just his experience being a part of an official level where, you know, he's officiating individuals who are at his same age. So that's just a little bit, little look into Kane, um, where he's come from. He does reside from New Jersey and actually went to high school and college in the New Jersey area. Um, but before we get into the play, I just want to give a quick burst on, on Kane here, and we're going to get right into the mechanics and positioning um, executed perfectly by Kane Fitzgerald. So stay tuned, get your notebooks out, and let's get right into it. On to the mechanics and positioning portion of volume three. So this play really begins with Harden making the move to the hoop. 
Um, being one of the most crafty playmakers really of all time, referees always have to be on high alerts and on the lookout when Harden does drive to the lane as he's known to initiate contact and lure defenders to make a move that allows him to get to the free throw line multiple times per game. So as you can see, the play, and we're going to play the play um, in the next section, but at the moment of the drive, Ben Taylor, who is actually the trail official on the play, is responsible for watching the play down through the lane. However, our featured official, Kane Fitzgerald, of course, is responsible for any secondary defenders coming into the play that will affect the ball handler. So once Fitzgerald notices Anthony Davis is making a move to take a charge on Harden, you'll see him make two steps to his right in order to get an angle on the play. And as you can see here, um, we put a little diagram here, the starting position down to the end position where he ends up making uh, the perfect call on Anthony Davis. And just like in last volumes clip, having an angle on play really allows uh, Fitzgerald to be confident and make the right call right then and there as it, it is a bang bang play as every possession, every um, charge and call is. So this new angle, as you can see in the uh, diagram here, this new angle and positioning that Fitzgerald creates for himself really puts him in the perfect position to make the correct call. So while you may not be, you know, an NBA or a college collegiate official where the restricted area really does matter in terms of making bang bang um, charge player control fouls, it is still very important to understand the difference between a defender establishing and maintaining a legal guarding position versus a defender sliding into position late um, while still having his feet established as this one was um, especially this play call. So we're going to get a little into a little more detail within the play calling section as to what exactly you need to look for in the lead position or, or really in any position when it comes to understanding the slight difference between these two. But that being said, we're going to give you a few action steps and that, that number one is being becoming a pres positioning pro. And as we discussed in volume two, it's really all about angles. If you're striving to get a good angle on the play, you're putting yourself in a perfect position to make the correct call. And it, you know, it sounds easy to, um, and like common sense really, but the majority of incorrect calls are made because officials are not able to see the complete play due to their angling and positioning. So um, something that I used to really think about, especially when some of my mentors would give me advice in terms of refereeing, but I would always think, why can't I just move my head or shoulders to get in the best position of the play, you know, going back and forth, trying to get that good angle in terms of my vision. Well, if you just move your head and shoulders, this is really going to encourage leaning and stretching to get the best view of the play. And like I said before, I think I said it in volume one and maybe two as well, but there's no rules against you moving as an official. You really need to move and become a positioning pro um, so that you can get that best angle. Um, just because can you imagine if what you're going to look like to the outside eye and in terms of to fans, to coaches, even to your other officials in terms of you're just looking and bending over to get an angle, it will look much more professional than sh to show your hustle, um, get into the best positioning as possible. As that's our job as officials. So that's really what we have in terms of the mechanics of this. And Kane does a great example, just um, picture perfect textbook example of getting a, a better position just by making two steps to his right. That's really all it was. But we wanted to make sure that you guys are aware of that and take that into your next game. Um, lastly, just closing out here, once you do move to get into the best, best position possible, stop and take a look at the play. Don't leave it. 
your, your aim is never to be straight lined or stacked. In other words, strive to view angles by looking for the gaps in between the players rather than having your angle blocked by the player's bodies. So that's it for this section. We're going to get right into the play itself in the play calling section. So stay with us. Let's get to the play itself. So some of the most debated um, and really bang bang calls that you'll see in really any level of basketball are when an official needs to make a charging or blocking foul. So if you're watching the play for the first time here, and I really encourage you to go to crownrefs.com, take a look at first from the bubble volume three and read along here, and you can take a closer look at the video itself. It's not too long of a play. Um, we'd really consider, we'd really um, recommend you do that. But if you're watching the play for the first time, you might consider this an obvious charging call on Harden, especially if you're watching it for the first time. And one can see why you may jump to that conclusion as it really does appear as Davis has his feet established and was outside of the restricted zone. I'm going to play the play here in the background and so take a look at it. But if you watch the play in its entirety, you'll see Harden begin his shooting motion as he's releasing the ball before Davis actually establishes himself. Um, before we really get into the specifics of this play itself and Harden really um, showing that he's starting his upward motion, uh, let's, let's take a quick look, and I know it may sound basic, but let's take a quick look at the difference between a charge and a block. So charging is an illegal personal contact by pushing or moving into an opponent's torso. It may sound simple. In, in other words, what a block is, is illegal personal contact which impedes the progress of an opponent with or without the ball. And according to the NBA rulebook, we took this right from the, their website, if an offensive player causes contact with a defensive player who has established legal position, position, an offensive foul shall be called. Uh, let's take a look at the play one more time here. Um, and you can take a look for yourself and see if you can spot the difference between establishing himself and sliding in late before Harden starts his upward motion. Um, so putting that all together, and, and really in other words, a defender needs to be in a certain position before contact in order to draw a charge. So taking all this into consideration, if you originally thought this play should be deemed a charge, has your stance changed at all? That's really what we're looking for here. And, and on a drive to the basket, the defender must be in position before the dribbler, so Harden begins his upward shooting motion. So the defender must get to his position and establish themselves before the shooter starts his upward motion. Um, and it's something to note here. It's very important, especially since majority of us aren't NBA officials yet. Um, we really wanted to hit it hard, the rule, in terms of different levels where this really truly does matter. So the rule regarding whether ball handler begins his upward shooting motion is different um, amongst all levels. So under NBA rules, the defensive player must establish legal guarding position before the offensive player starts his upward shooting motion. As you can see here, I know it's a little blurry, but Harden's starting his shooting motion. And you can see here, Davis, as I'm circling here, Davis has not truly established himself yet. So that's very important to understand, especially um, at the NBA level. Now, for the NCAA and, and high school league, a defender has to obtain legal guarding position before the offensive player is airborne with both feet off the floor. So that's, that's a pretty big difference um, between NBA and college as well as high school. Um, and although it does vary just slightly, it can really affect a decision 
whether a play should be deemed a charge or a block. So take another look here at this clip, and you'll see Hardin begins his shooting motion and also begins his landing descent before Davis established himself. So the defender needs to give Hardin enough room to land safely as well. And that's just another portion of this call that Kane Fitzgerald um, hits right on the head. Perfect call by Kane Fitzgerald. We already went over his positioning, moving two steps to the right. So great job on Kane. Uh, let's get into some action steps for you as um, blocking versus charging calls are really, in my opinion, some of the most difficult bang bang plays to make in the game. We really need to look at the entire environment of the play before making a decision solely based off one aspect. So if you're just looking at the defender's feet or if you're just looking at the defender was outside the restricted area or not, you really need to be looking at the entire environment in terms of was, you know, was the ball handler going up already? Was, were his feet airborne? Um, were, were the defender's feet outside the restricted area? Was there enough contact to even make a charge block? Um, and the only way to be able to see all this information is, of course, like we said it before, being a positioning pro and having the best angle at the play. So um, I know we've already said this before, but move with authority, um, move with a purpose. Um, and that's really going to give you the most ideal um, portion um, and opportunity to make the correct call. So once you become more comfortable moving your body, but continuing to lock your eyes on the play itself, you're really going to um, notice the amount of abatement calls that you're going to make. And uh, especially with these blocking and charging calls, if you're able to move two steps to the right or left, like Kane did in this example, uh, but at the same time, understanding your entire environment, knowing where the defender was, knowing if the offensive player had already um, started his upward shooting motion um, while moving, you're really just going to see your, your game improve in terms of making uh, the correct calls. So that's the play calling section of it. We're just going to get into how well Kane, as well as his entire crew, um, manage the game uh, in a second here. So stay with us, and we'll get into that. Game management and communication. As you can imagine, the majority of time you make a charge or block and call, you're going to receive some sort of feedback. And there's no way around this feedback. However, you'll see the best referees in the game have the ability not to be reactive and instead be proactive. We've touched on this before, but if an official is confident in their call and clearly communicates it to the score table, they're doing their job. In this clip, you'll see Kane um, do an excellent job in making the correct call, but you'll see half the players agree with them, half the players disagree. And obviously that's common sense as we get caught up in the game. But being in the lead position, especially when Harden is driving to the basket, Fitzgerald's repped enough games to understand Harden's tendency to position his body to get fouled to get to the free throw line. And I think he does an excellent job in moving to the best position, as we said before. But really, after the, the play happens and he blows his whistle, it's the easy part. He's seen the play. He's interpreted what the violation is. And now it's time for one of my personal favorite um, calls to make in the game um, in terms of the mechanics, the block, score the bucket. That being said, a few action steps that you may find useful to put into play when you run into a situation where players or coaches may be you know, yelling or complaining or providing you a lot of feedback throughout the game. If they do complain about a call, ask them if they would like an explanation. Simple as that. Instead of reacting and answering to every single request or outburst from a player or coach, pick a time to have a conversation with them. Um, you know, I think both players, fans, and, co and the coaches 
tend to forget that we're all humans and we get caught up in the gameplay. So what I would recommend is something I've done and the success rate has been perfect so far. But if a coach just likes to commentate the entire game with, you know, yelling out things like he's reaching, bad call, travel, you got to call that. Go up to them, whether it be during a timeout, whether it be during a free throw and ask them if they would like an explanation on what, what you exactly saw. Um, tell them you can't be yelling out the entire game at me. You know, I'm trying to make the correct call. And just, just be clear with them, be confident. But you also need to be stern with them and say, if you like an explanation on what I saw, I'd be happy to share that with you. However, you cannot be yelling at me the entire game. Um, you know, since not all of us officials are NBA officials, we don't have the luxury of the replay monitor. What we can do um, is be clear and communicative with all parties involved in the game. Be clear, be confident, be sharp, and explain your reasoning, and you'll be in a great position as an official. On to my favorite part of each burst from the bubble volume, the bubble bursts. So if you're in a rush and just want to get a quick summary of everything that's discussed in this volume of burst from bubble, these bubble bursts will do just that for you. So number one, mechanics and positioning. We've we said it before, but become a positioning pro. Once you move to get the most ideal position of the play, stop, take a look at the play, don't leave it. Your aim is never to be straight lined or stacked. Um, really strive to view angles by looking for the gaps between the players rather than have your angle blocked by their bodies. Number two, play calling. Understand the art of a defender sliding underneath of the offensive player. The defender must establish themselves outside of the restricted zone before the ball handler starts their upward shooting motion. And this is really often forgot amongst the other rules of a charging violation. Please note, as we said this in the article, there are different rules between the NBA, college, and high school, as the NBA is if a defender hasn't established themselves before the shooter starts their motion, um, that is a violation in college and high school. If the offensive player has, has started the shooting motion and is airborne with two feet off the air before the defender established himself, then it's a charge. So that's just a, a quick rule to note and very important for all of us officials. Lastly, uh, one of my favorite portions of these volumes is game management and communication. Always calmly explain your reasoning behind a call. And if you can clearly detail what you saw to those questioning, you're doing your job as an official and managing the game the way it is meant to be. Something I like to do, a quick tip, is if a coach is, you know, giving you a hard time all game and is just yelling, travel, reach, that's a foul, calmly approach them when you have a, have a moment. Maybe it's during a timeout. Maybe it's during a free throw and say, coach, I can hear you yelling. If you have a question about a certain call, please let me know. I'd be happy to explain what I saw. So those are just some quick bubble bursts. And that's really it for volume three from Burst from the Bubble. Now is the time to get better. Um, if you do have any questions or thoughts or anything you got out of the play itself or from Kane Fitzgerald's um, mechanics, positioning, or movement for this specific play, let us know. We'd be happy to connect with you as well as you have any um, thoughts on anything Crown Rec related, please let us know. We'd be happy to connect with you. That's first from Bubble Volume 3. This is John signing off. Serve the game.